Let's go to Romans 12, verses 1 to 8. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, say transformed, by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each one has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, say in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So those are the scriptures we're going to spend some time with this morning. And I have not put other cross-reference scriptures to this. I just feel I'm going to speak out of this for us this morning. And for many of you, you'll remember, I think it was uh, two Sundays ago, I started with Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. And I spent much time around verses 1 and 2. But I do want to just remind us this morning, as we come as a church, God is taking us on a journey. We are moving forward in the things of God. And we're taking ground little by little. And, um, and so what happens is our hearts is to prepare us, is to preach into our context so that we are equipped that when we leave this place, God can use us in our areas of influence. So with that, when we look at the scripture, if you're making notes, and I encourage folk, if you're making notes, um, it's good to maybe take one of the days for your quiet time just to reflect on the sermon, because often what happens is we go away and we forget about what has been preached. And I want to encourage you just to spend some time marinating your hearts and minds on, on what has been shared. And you don't have to rehash the whole uh, preach when you're writing, but write that which stands out for you, because God will highlight it by the Holy Spirit to each one of us. So the first point there, offering yourself as a living sacrifice, I don't want to spend much time on this, is very simply is that you giving yourself to the purposes of God. Let me say to you that when you offer yourself as a living sacrifice, it comes at a cost, all right? It comes at a price. Jesus paid a price that you and I do not have to pay, all right? We could not save ourselves even if we tried to. He had to come and be that sacrificial lamb to save us from our sins. But when God calls you and I into a local church like he's done here now, he's called us into team. He's called us to be a part of something. And he wants you to walk out your journey in and through the local church. And I'm going to say to some of you, we are going into a season, and some of you probably are experiencing it at the moment. There's so many various little meetings starting to happen. There's so much, and we're like busy. Can I say to you that when you give yourself to Jesus, you're going to find yourself being put into a place where you are going to be stretched. And God is going to call you to more. 
He's not going to leave you where you are. My, my, my biggest prayer when you leave today, depending on the openness of your heart, is that you would leave here being touched and changed and transformed, that you won't be the same as when you came through the doors this morning. I can't do that. Only God can do that. But you need to know when God calls you to something, it costs you. It costs a team this morning to come and minister with us. It's cost them to let go of their family and friends in Brackenfell to get here early to come and serve us. The guys on sound at the back and the guys on AV at the back served us well. Raymond, publicly, want to acknowledge you today. Sound was mwah, well done today, bro. It was great stuff. But these guys get here for half past seven in the morning. It's costly. I don't know about you. I was still in bed at half past seven this morning and I had my electric blanket on. I was such a sissy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I want to keep warm. But they were here setting up, serving. It's costly. Sometimes giving your life to Jesus is inconvenient. But it can never match what Jesus has actually done for you and I. And I want us to be mindful of that. When we talk about offering yourself as a living sacrifice, it'll cost you time, money. For some of us, it'll cost you your leave. You know, sometimes I spoke with somebody in, um, yesterday that I met with, and I said to him, you know what, we often talk about going away on holiday. Have you ever considered taking leave and going away on a mission trip? That's giving yourself to the kingdom of God and serving His purposes. Maybe it'll be a local trip. Maybe it'll be an international trip. But let me say to you, it will cost you something. If it's not costing you, it's not a sacrifice. Second point is, do not live any longer to the standards of this world. We need to change our thinking, church, and we need to change our behavior. That's the power of the gospel. When we come into the, the fellowship of believers, as we see here, we're part of a local church. You need to know your character and your nature, which was worldly and being conformed to the ways of the world, are now being changed and being transformed to the ways of the kingdom of God. We have been indoctrinated from birth about the Western culture, about I, me, myself, and that holy trinity. All right? We need to understand coming into the kingdom of God is that we actually no longer live in accordance with the ways of the world. I've had to say to guys over the years, how much studying is enough? Get to a point where you're earning a good salary, that you know where God has called you, and you can serve well and be impactful. And then give your life flat out for the kingdom of God. But the problem is some guys will just keep studying. Some guys will just keep moving. And they just keep chopping and changing. And the problem is they become ineffective for the kingdom of God because they're chasing money or fame and fortune. And I want to say to you, God doesn't want us to live like that. For some of us, you're going to climb your ladder and you're going to get to the top of your ladder and realize how empty it actually is. And then you've got to come all the way down and that's the kindness of God, is that He'll help you regardless, because He loves you. Maybe today, it'll just be saving some of us a little bit of that. I think it's a good opportunity to sit down and to talk with your leaders and say, you know what, this is where I feel I'm going. This is what I feel I need to do. But I, but I realize I am chasing this. I don't know if that is part of God's will for my life. We need to change the way we think and we need to change the way we behave. I want to say to you, the way we behave, the church can no longer live like the world does. If you see what is being promoted in many different ways, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, 
The reality is that's what's being promoted. We cannot have that happening in the life of the church. We are called to be a pure and a holy people. And only you and I can take stock of our lives and actually walk that thing out. And I want to say to you, we are going to stumble. We are going to stumble, but let's stumble forward and let's help each other. And you're going to see why I'm saying this is important for us. Because God wants a holy bride. He wants a beautiful bride. He wants a precious bride. And so we need to take ownership of these areas of our lives. And, and we need to get rid of the standards of the world that we have conformed to. God's standards are higher. He gives us biblical standards, biblical values. And I want to say to you, in your own strength, you cannot achieve them. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, and we need one another to help us get through this journey. Does that make sense? Point number three. The Bible says, yeah, do not think more highly of yourself than you should. And um, this, for me, is a very powerful thing. Why? Because if you look at the world, it's all about I, me, myself. You know, how many of us, including myself, so I'm guilty of this, but how many of us, when we go out, let me take a quick selfie. It's all about I. It's all about me. All right? And what happens is, God, yeah, in the Word, says to us, have a sober approach about who you are or who you think you are. And actually, what we do need to realize, that what we have achieved and what we are doing is purely only simply because of what he has allowed and because of the grace that has been extended to you and I. That's the privilege. You know, as, as, a, as one of the leaders here, I need to say to you, if I had to take this chair, I'm a normal guy. If I had to just take this chair and sit on this chair and preach to you right now, the only reason why I'm standing is so that I can see, see some of you. It's otherwise, it would be difficult for the people at the back. Um, my good mate Kevin, who was here a few weeks ago, um, even when he stands, we've got to ask him to stand. <laughs> We're always teasing him. He's a lovely guy. But the, the, the point is this. I've been given a function to lead this congregation. I've got to do it. All right? But as we sit here, we are equal in value. We just differ in function. I'm still Anton. I'm still ants. I'm not better than anybody here. I promise you I don't walk on water. You often hear me say, and God is more and more bringing me into a place of saying, ants, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. It's not me being modest. I'm realizing how frail and how weak I am. I think with a bit of age, it starts to help us realize we're not that tough anymore. I promise you, last week on the Transbavians, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, I'm deeply humbled. I'm deeply humbled. I underestimated this race, God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, Lord, I didn't even change my gearing. How stupid was that, Lord? I'm so sorry. And I was really crying out to God. I, actually, it would have been a pitiful sight from any of you if you were there. I was in the dark. God saw what happened. <laughs> I'm a normal guy, but I've got a function. Doesn't mean I'm better than anybody else here. That's why I want to also just break something over the church. Please, when you introduce me to your friends, introduce me as a friend, not as my pastor or the duomeni. I'm your friend. I'm Ants. I love Jesus. I love the local church. I love you guys. I just want to be passionate. I just want to serve him and be faithful with what God has asked me to do. And I think for many of us, we need to live in that space of not getting ahead of ourselves, 
But I also do want to say not thinking too little of ourselves because we can swing this pendulum, and, and, and please hear me when I say this, we can swing this pendulum so far to the left that we think so little of ourselves that actually we contradict what God actually thinks about us. We need to be careful. So we've got to get that balance of, you know what, this is my function, this is what God has called me to, and I'm going to give it horns. I'm going to smash this ball down the park, I'm going to kick this ball out the park, and I'm going to give it everything that I can until God moves me on, whatever that might look like. So I just want to be faithful with that. Think with that as well, we need to understand that apart from Jesus, we cannot achieve or attain much of eternal value. You and I in ourselves cannot do anything more than that without Jesus in our lives. You and I cannot live our lives successfully for the kingdom of God unless Jesus is with us. Otherwise, we're doing everything in the flesh. And that's one thing I've learned over the years. I don't ever want to build church as Anton. I want to build church as what I see Jesus asking for us in his word. All right? Is that helpful for you? Often many of us sitting here will use worldly standards to evaluate ourselves, looking at our successes and achievements. And, you know, this is a dangerous part because at some point in your life, those of you who are very sporty, you look back on your life, ah, oh, you know, I did this and I did that and I got this gold medal and I achieved this and etc. But at some point, when that can no longer be achieved, what happens is God can expose very quickly where your value system is. Because often our value will be found in the performance and the things that we've done. And actually, our value needs to be found in Jesus. Let me say to you, church, nobody knows what you did 10 years ago. When I played um, uh, club cricket four times for South um, in, in the South African League, um, where the top clubs in the country played each other, the Premier Leagues, so I've played four times. I've played against some, um, some of our pro-tier players. Uh, Rian will know. He's, I think you've been there as well, eh, Rian, uh, with Belleville and that. Um, and, and for me, it's a privilege. That's, that's years ago. At the end of the day, it's not going with me to heaven. Nobody cares about what I did 15 or 20 years ago, right? And, and I want to tell you something. I've had to learn very quickly that my value system is not found in the things that I achieved then. Because I've seen some of the guys that walked with me in the church over the years, that their value system, by not achieving um, uh, springbok level either or protea level at cricket or rugby, has derailed them personally. It's derailed them in their spiritual walk. It's derailed their marriages, derailed their families. And they amount to nothing because their value system was found in that. And they couldn't achieve anything further later on. I want to say to you and I, Take the experiences that God has taken you through. Learn from them because God can use those things for where you are now. But find your value and everything that is about you in Jesus. And see how God sees you, not how the world sees you. Because for some of us, somebody says, oh, you know what, Ant, you only drive an I-20, a Hyundai. I want to tell you something. I love my Hyundai. I would like to get a BMW. That's my want. It's not my need. And then Neilius got up and spoke, and that was like really just put me in my space. I was, oh, Lord, okay. I'll listen to what he said. The, the point is this. Um, who I am as a person is not defined by the car drive. <laughs> who I am as a person is not defined by the house that I live in. And some of us are living in small homes here. Open your home and bless some of the rich people here because they actually need to be reminded 
of what, what you're exposing yourself to. And you know what? Sometimes the rich people feel lonely because everybody assumes that they must do the inviting and bring you into their spacious places. Open your home and bring them in there because they'll love on you as well. Point four, operate in the faith levels God has given you. This for me is very important. Don't overreach. And I'm going to link it into, into, uh, into point five as well. The don't overreach. I want to share with you, when I rode last week, I overreached. I've got a Garmin watch, and when it downloads, eventually what happens is there's these two little thingies that pop up. And the ideal is for them to end up in green or orange. My one was in orange, and the other one was in red. And said, this, this is well done. This is really great. But if you do this too long, it can, can be extremely harmful to you. And, and, and the thing is, there's only so much that you can sustain when you overreach. The problem is for overreaching is for some of us, we operate in a particular gifting that God gives us. But then we go further than what God has actually asked of us. And we start overreaching. And that's when it can become harmful. Because what happens is we start with a performance mentality. We're pushing. I want the mic. I want limelight. I want to be noticed. And I want to say to you, don't live there. It's not kingdom-minded. Live in a space where you can say, God, the gifting that you've given me, I want to serve and be faithful with it. And I want to operate it. When I do my download at the end of the day, it shows green. Well done. You've operated in a level that is sustainable. So with that, we are part of God's body. And uh, that's point number five. Is that being part of God's body, look at the person on your left and your right and say to them, you have a role to play. Now the people in fr- at, the, at the very back, you touch the person on the shoulder in front of you, And let that go all the way to the front and say, you have a role to play. Right. This is important for us as a church. That each one of us here has a role to play. Each one of us who serves has a contribution to bring to this local context and helps building up the church as part of God's fellow workers. And this is important. You know, I want to say to guys here this morning, if you're running your own business or you're managing a team, tell me tomorrow, if you've got a team of 10 and you need all 10 to pitch tomorrow to complete the job and they all don't pitch, what does that do? You can lose customers. Your business can close down. The church is made up of workers that God has called in to his field, and it's an obedience thing. It's a surrender thing. And saying, God, I want my life to count. I want my life to serve your purposes. If you don't pitch, the work slows down. And you know what? That's why I think it's taking so long for Jesus to come back. We look at the American church. We get so wild on YouTube with what happens in America. Many of us are following And we think that what they're doing there is way superior to what we're doing here. Let me tell you, church, if you listen to what Andrew is saying on on Facebook, the church in America is very broken. Very broken. And the work is being slowed down. Technology, I think, is impacting it as well. Because there's so many ways for people to be sidelined and shifted around. 
We need to be a people that are faithful, that what God calls us into, and we need to make our lives count here. And I want to say to you, if you go away for a weekend, it's okay. It's not a train smash. But when we fall into unhelpful patterns that we can't get to com groups and we can't get to church meetings and we can't give ourselves to things, then something is wrong. And, and we need to adjust and if you're a visitor here for the first time, I want to say to you that we love Jesus. We're passionate, and we want to be a people that are sold out for Jesus. Remember, I'm a normal guy. I have the same principles and challenges that you have. But I've got to make a decision every day. Lord, I'm going to give my life to serving your purposes. I want to fulfill the plans and purposes that you have for my life. It's a choice. It's a decision. And if we give ourselves... God will move and he will do things. And let me tell you something. Church is like transbavians. There are times you're going to have to walk. And I want to tell you when you've got your bicycle and you've got all this heavy stuff on your back and you're crying out to God and you're saying, God, this is so tough. Yes, it is tough. But let me tell you, when a man comes past you twice, I don't know when I passed him the first time he passed me. But when a man comes past me and I'm on my own and it's dark and I've got my little light there, my little, actually my little light was shining, by the way. <laughs> Just want to put it out there. It was the light on my bike, front and back. And I'm going and I'm crying out to God and then this guy comes and I kept quiet because I didn't want him to think I'm mad. <laughs> and as he came past, he just said to me, Moy man, moy man, just keep going. Twice. That is what let me finish. How's that? 140 Ks. I want to say to some of you, Moy man, Moy man, just keep going. Just keep going. This is hard. For some of us, this is cutting across your grain in every way. But just keep going. Because when you get to the finish line, it's going to be worth it. You know, when I crossed that finish line, I wasn't like, yeah. I was like, Lee looked at me. She said, Hans, are you okay? I just sat down, and I just put my head on my shoulders, and I just sat there, and I was just humbled. And I was just, thank God, I crossed this finish line. And I think that's what it's going to be for us. For some of us, as we run this race, we want to cross that finish line, and we're going to have Jesus waiting for, him, for us, like my wife and the other wives are waiting for the husbands coming through. We're going to have him waiting there for us. With that, don't compare yourself to others. Don't be jealous and don't operate in a gifting that is not assigned for you. If you do that, it will kill you. That's all I'm going to tell you. And just as the body operates under the function of the brain and responds to the brain, so we as Christ followers are to work together under the command and the authority of Jesus. Number six, God gives us the ability to do something, and so we need to do it well. I want to say to you, what God gives you to do, do it with all of your heart. Ultimately, you're doing this to please Him. You know the team that sets up in the mornings? Thank you to all the comm group leaders. Thank you to all the folk that set up on a Sunday morning. They're here early to set up. Thank you to all the folk that bring the biscuits. Thank you to the folk who selflessly clean up afterwards. Um, it, is, it is such a vital part of what, what you're doing, preparing the house for when you receive people. But we're doing this as unto Jesus, not unto us. Not for us to make ourselves feel good. It's about him at the end of the day. 
The gifts that God also gives us, He gives us to build His church. So we need to use these gifts wisely, and, and we need to realize that when God gives you a gift, that the ability that He gives you is from Him. It's not necessarily from yourself. And God will take the various gifts that there are, and you'll see it. We're going to open these up over the next few months. But this morning, I'm just going to touch on what was in Romans 12. But when God gives you this gift, some of us might not have realized that God has actually been preparing you in your workplace, your vocation, your areas of, of responsibility. And what will happen is when the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what happens is He brings you into a body and He says, now I want you to use this gift for the furthering of my kingdom and the glorifying of my name. That's what He does with this. You need to understand that everybody here has a different gifting you might have people that have a gifting, for example, in prophesying. Some people have a greater level of prophetic measure on their lives versus someone else. That doesn't mean that somebody with a lesser gift is of lesser value because God will use it at the right time and it could be more powerful and more effective than somebody who has the greater gift, if that makes sense. The only explanation that I have it's like a Rolex watch. You know those watches that have those mechanisms in between and they've got the wheels that, that run in between? In some you have a big wheel, and in some you have small wheels. Let me tell you, if one of those small wheels are out of sync, you jam up the whole watch. We need to understand each one of us is here, and God has got you here for a reason. Make sure that you're making yourself available to serve Him well with what He has given you. Don't compare. Don't be jealous. Just be faithful. All right. God's gift differ in nature, power, and effectiveness. God gives his gifts to you and I with his wisdom and his grace poured out. That's what we were singing just now. He's poured it out over us, his mercy, his kindness. But the gifts that he gives us, he's poured it out over our lives. And it's not according to our faith. It's according to the measure that he has given it to us. We just need to be faithful with that. And um, I want to say to you, when you're operating in the gifting that God has given you, you're not overreaching and you're using the gift where God is calling you to. That's when you will operate at maximum power and effectiveness because you're now operating where God has called you to. I hope that will make sense for some of you here this morning. You need to know that the, the, the gifts of God are for the church and he gives the faith and the power for this as he wills. Your role, simply be faithful and seek His ways and seek Him how you can serve Him and how you can serve others. And as we start to land here, I just want to touch on some of the gifts that were mentioned here. You'll see that there's a list here. It's not an exhaustive list. If we can go to, uh, I think it's verse 8, uh, 7. Okay, uh, go back one, sorry. Okay, there we go. So some of the gifts that God gives us is the gift of prophesying. So I believe... Every one of you can prophesy. This is Paul writing to the church, and his people have been saved. Now what's happening is he says, guys, now that you've been saved, church, now that you've been saved, I do not want you to sit here and be spectators. I want you to be participators. He says, but by participating, it's going to cost you everything. Make sure that you live differently, not the ways of the world. And he says, and now the gifting that you're seeing here, which is not exhaustive, we're going to list all the others as we go on. You need to know that every single one of you sitting here can prophesy. I gave a prophetic word. What would that word do? 
to build him up, to build him up and to encourage him. I'm not God. God will take Johan on his journey and position him accordingly. I'm not being flippant and I'm not trying to be clever with stuff like that because that has massive impact on his life. But I do believe that God will use that gift overseas. And in 10 years' time, I might get the phone call and say, remember that conversation that we had? I did it. And a friend of mine recently contacted me from overseas. 10 years ago in Madagascar, I did the same thing. And he said, as a result of a prophetic word you gave me, I found myself in the nations. So every one of you has the ability to prophesy. Prophecy is one who hears from God, and they, are bring, they bring their words boldly. That's why we encourage you in our context. If, you, if you're sensing something, come and bounce it off us. We're trying to see what is God saying to us as a church? Where is he taking us as a congregation? And so come and share. And if we feel that that word is relevant, we'll release that word for, for the body. And if it's from the Lord, God will do what he needs to do with it. The second thing is those that are teachers. For me, a teacher, these are clear thinkers and those who impart what we see in Scripture, the ways of God, the will of God, and teach us the Holy Scriptures and things that we can use and apply. We've got teachers in our midst. They don't just sit there and give you a theoretical study and hope like heck you, you do something with it. There's often an impartation that comes with it so that you can apply what you are hearing. And that's what God does with us as a church. Today, what you hear Work beyond the man, but hear what God is saying to you, and what are you going to do with what you've heard? You know, often, and I, I remember the late Billy Graham, when I used to read the books about him, people would come to him afterwards and say, yes, like a man, what a lacquer preach. You are so anointed. He says, you know what, thank you so much. I appreciate the encouragement. He says, but what is more important to me is not how great this preach was. What are you going to do with it? That's what we need to do. And I'm going to ask that question, what are you going to do with it? So with that, we've got encouragers. Know how to motivate others. And I'm going to activate that for us right now after I've landed with these last two. Know how to motivate others. That's what an encourager does. Givers, they are generous. So if God has blessed you financially, be generous, but be wise. I want to say to folk, if you're going to bless people financially, just check with the leaders who you're giving to. I don't want you to be an unwise saint because sometimes we've got to help people with stuff that they're working through. We, we don't want to curb and block giving, but we do want to be in a space that we can be unwise because sometimes in our giving, we're actually not helping the person. We're delaying the inevitable in their lives. But I'm not God. I can't tell you what to do. I can only give you the perspective on those things. And lastly, the leaders. They are influencers, organizers, and people who show kindness and are caring towards people and happy to give their time to, to others. And so I want to say to you, the Bible says, if we have any of these things, make sure that you're diligent with what you're doing. And so with this, we cannot be everything. You Many of us will be able to operate to a certain measure in some of these things. But at some point, I'm trusting over the next few months, you'll find your primary gifting of what God gives you. For me, one of my primary giftings obviously is, is pastoral, but is also encouragement. And that's why I'm going to use encouragement this morning. But I can't be everything. There's a different gifting that comes out of Andre, out of Gunther. There's a different gifting that comes out of yourselves and others here. We need one another. And that's why it's important for us to run well together. Otherwise, we don't need each other. We actually don't need to be here anymore. Be thankful for the gifts that are around you, whether they are better than yours or stronger than yours or lesser than yours. But just operate in the measure that God has given you, church. Let your strengths 
balance out the weaknesses of one another. There are guys here that are more gifted in certain areas than I am, and I need you to be there because you will balance me out, and I will balance you out, and that's just how God has chosen it. It's magnificent because then it's not about us. It's about him building his church. And as we understand this, together we give ourselves to God and we help him build his church. So what I want to do is I want to end with this now. So my primary gifting is encouragement. And you heard me say that I was walking and this guy came and he said, Moy man, moy man, just keep going. And I feel there are people here today that need to be encouraged. I want to ask you a question. Now I'm going to ask you to be brave. Who wants to be encouraged this morning? Raise your hand. Right, those with your hands raised, please stand. Who else wants to be encouraged? Okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you guys to come to the front. Just move out here because I'm going to get guys around you. Create some space here. Right. Now, the rest of you, you're like the cyclist who came past me. I'm activating the church this morning. I want you to pick somebody. I'm going to try and get two or three people around those people. And what I want you to do is I just want you to look at the person. Don't try and get fancy. And if you know the person well, rather find somebody else. Okay? But I want you to pick that person. I want you to have a look at that person and say, okay, God, how am I going to encourage that person? And I want you to just go and say something that will blow wind into their sails. And then I want you to pray for them. And, and it's, 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 it's very, very easy to encourage people. It doesn't cost you much. But for some of you, it's not your primary gifting. But that doesn't mean that you can't operate in that gifting. Because today, some of these guys and ladies are going to walk away here having had an encounter with God because they weren't expecting this this morning. So, guys, if you can just spread yourselves out here, the rest of the church. If you're a visitor here, you are most welcome to join us. Please get around some of these folk. I want you to look at them, and then I want you to tell them something nice. Blow wind into their cells, and then pray your best prayer over their lives. So, I'm going to use an example while you guys are getting your people. I want all the saints up here, but like Terran. Terran for me is like a transbaviance guy. This guy, no. He used to be involved with many things where he used to get his mind filled with many books about all kinds of religions, etc., etc. I know his story, so I've got a little bit of an advantage here. The most incredible thing is, Terran, well done for persevering. Well done for allowing Jesus to grab your heart over the years. Because as a result of you allowing God to grab your heart, he's taken you and your wife and your son deeper into the things of God. And with that, your son has become a worship leader. And your son has started to serve the purposes of God. I, I want to say to you, well done, Dad. Well done, Father, for positioning your family under the hand of God. I do believe when you cross the line, you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And then you just pray for him. I know a little bit of his story, all right? But that's what I'm wanting us to do this morning. So let's grab around these guys, and we're going to spend the next five, ten minutes doing that.